Welcome back to Eye on Health. On Dubai Eye 103.8. With Arab Health, where the world of healthcare meets. I'm Helen Farmer. This is Eye on Health here on Dubai I 103.8, brought to you by Arab Health and MedLab Middle East. We are talking about orthopaedic concerns today. We've just been hearing from Dr. Krishna, an orthopaedic specialist. And now in the studio is Jill Glynn, an experienced physiotherapist who's got a special interest in lumbar injuries and back pain. She's worked with athletes, with sports teams. She's up and running here in Dubai and has been working in Abu Dhabi for a number of years. And Jill, we've just been hearing from Dr. Krishna there about some of the common injuries that's coming into his hospital. What are you seeing here in the UAE? What kind of conditions and injuries have we been getting up to? Um, well, we will see a lot of back pain presentations, um, shoulder injuries, um, lower limb injuries. So from running or as uh, dynamic field sports, um, I guess the most common one would be your, your back pain, low back pain um, injuries or just chronic back pain. So, um, yeah, it can be quite extensive. And I, I think for many people, it's the struggle of not knowing who to go and see. So if you wake up with a back pain, you go, OK, do I go to my family doctor? Do I go straight to an orthopaedic? Should I go and see a physio? What's the difference between a physio and osteo? And if, I think it can feel a little bit overwhelming. So people might just stick on an ice pack and hope for it to go away. And unfortunately, with many of these conditions, ignoring them is not the way to go. If someone presents to you with, well, let's say, let's say I come in, Jill, and I'm like, I've got low back pain, it's on the left side, I can't shift it. What are some of the questions that you would ask to kind of demystify the experience, I guess? Well, back pain is very broad. So mm. as a practicing physiotherapist, what we do is we get a very thorough subjective um, uh, background from the patient and we find out which category of back pain they're experiencing. Ooh, what, so it's very what are the broad. categories? So you have acute, subacute and chronic back pain and then you will have um, a, a larger category which we'd call non-specific mechanical low back pain and then we have your more sinister presentations which could potentially be um, a pathology, mm-hmm. a, a tumour or a fracture or uh, inflammatory condition. So on the initial consultation, we would be able to identify which general category this particular patient would fit into and then we'll formulate our plan moving forward to help them in the road to recovery. What are some of the most common reasons you think people get lower back pain? Please don't say right. turning 40 so, and forgetting you're, forgetting you, you're getting back, older. Low back pain is so prevalent globally and I believe that uh, the culture that we live in today uh, differs massively from 20, 30 years ago. So uh, the likes of transport and food is so easily accessible. We spend a lot of time indoors now and we don't spend enough time outdoors getting natural uh, sun mm-hmm. exposure. It's funny when you say that just 20 years ago, I'm thinking, like, where was I 20 years ago? And I was like, OK, I'll tell you where I was. I was working in an office, but there was no app on my phone to go and get my lunch. So I'd go down the stairs and walk up the high street, probably about half a mile, get my lunch, come back. The internet was ter- was terrible. So I wasn't at my yeah. desk for 10 hours a day. Yes. So it's, it's, it, all uh, these contributing factors. Yeah. Um, oh, it's, you know, health and wellness is multifactorial. And unfortunately, the culture that we live in today really doesn't support mm-hmm. our health. Um, it doesn't. But on the plus side, we are in a, we are in great times at the moment because um uh, research is excelling and we know more now than we did than ever before with regarding health mm-hmm. and fitness and um, uh, Tell us then a little bit about and I, I think your point is we all take the path of least resistance like why yes. wouldn't we 
order on our phone or you know be at our laptops or as you're saying kind of transportation so then it's on us the impetus is on us to make those efforts to exercise to stretch to do all the things that might have come more naturally 20 30 years ago what do you think we should all be trying to do every day jill to kind of protect our overall health Oh, the reality is today is that people are are moving less and stressing more. So that's a recipe for disaster. So as a a physiotherapist, we're we're huge advocates for movement and getting people moving more. And if they have a disability or pain, we will address that issue and we can modify um, exercises for them and give them advice on how they can make appropriate lifestyle changes. So what about stress? What impact does that have on us, even in terms of pain in the body? Stress has a huge contributing factor to pain. It is a driver of pain, actually. So uh, that's one of my key golden nugget takeaways, I think, is is for people to try and keep stress at bay. And they can do that or can at- attempt to do that with the likes of um, doing meditation in the mornings or going for a 20 minute walk or uh, changing their diet. So making it an anti-inflammatory diet, um, improving their relationships, if possible, mm-hmm. the relationship we have with yourself and the relationship we have with your partner, your family. And your work. And your work, because often, yes, we are working in highly stressful environments and that can, you know, stress is a silent killer and stress can cause an inflammatory response in the body. So if somebody's experienced in back pain, let's just say, and they're highly stressed, it can can really just heighten the -hmm. pain levels and make things so much worse. So it's um, it's easier said than done. And I think w- one of the things I kind of have come to realize as I've as I've got older is that you know, to exercise is a bit of a privilege, whereas I thought of it as being a punishment for a very long time. And what I've started to truly understand in myself is that when I when I want to exercise the least, that's probably when I need to exercise the most. And that's a real that can be a real barrier for a lot of people to put on their trainers you know go for a walk go to the gym pick up a racket and and reach out to somebody you would find that when you speak to people they will often say you know the first five minutes of what or it was so difficult to get the foot in the door of the gym or go for a walk but they'll always come back and say I'm so glad I went for that walk I'm so glad I did that gym session never going to regret a workout yes that's the reality unless you find yourself with an injury in the physio in the physio clinic yeah Um, yeah can we talk about about us aging and in terms of um maybe being slower to heal is that fair um well i think that to be honest as we get older we tend to slow down a little bit and exercise less as as a child and a teenager in your early 20s we do tend to play a bit more sport to be more active um and you're a bit more career focused in your 30s and 40s then come potentially family and everything is is sort of um there's you're prioritizing different things mm-hmm. okay but um Humans are fundamentally uh, belief-driven. So um, when it comes to movement, sometimes um, uh, if they're experiencing back pain, they might think that, uh, you know, this is postural-related because everybody's talking about you, how bad my posture is. And we hear this quite often. But the truth is there's no such thing as a bad posture, but there is something which is is basically sedentary bouts of behavior and lack of movement mm-hmm. because everybody is unique everybody's different shapes and sizes and you you can appear to you look like you might have a bad posture it doesn't necessarily mean that your pain is stemming from that issue 
So trying to get that point across to patients when that's basically the education and reassurance mm-hmm. and, and making it and making it very clear to them because they're um, um, we're tailoring our program specifically to that individual and and trying to bring it home to them that, yeah, that um, a movement is particularly safe in your case and you don't need to. And I, th- and I think that's been a, a bit confusing over the last few years. You know, tech's been amazing for giving access to online workouts but if you haven't got someone there supervising and making sure that your form is right modifying any exercises for an injury or body type then you know injuries can can absolutely come to the fore yes this is uh, this is the reality of the days that we're living in now unfortunately um yet there isn't that um face-to-face sort of treatment or there's a lot of online live workouts people are doing and I mean at the end of the day at least people are moving that is a start that's a plus (laughs) but if if, if, if somebody has uh, chronic or persistent pain then they really do need to sort of get to the root cause of that problem by seeing a healthcare professional or a physiotherapist um, or else seeing a PT if they want to improve their lifting technique and well let's talk about PTs and and rehab because I think, unfortunately, you know, pain is common, but it's not normal. And a lot of people just learn to live with it, whereas there are, as you say, a huge wealth of people that are there to help you rehab your body, you know, get past that pain and and get through to the other side. But what are some of the common mistakes that you might see when when it comes to rehabilitation? Um, Well, within the world of physiotherapy, we're very evidence based and... um, we there there has been a fine shift in the last decade with with how we approach and how we rehab the likes of low back pain so years ago there was a there was a um, a strong belief and there was research out there to support doing manual therapy and uh, electromodality treatments with patients. What's, what's that? So sorry that's uh, <laughs> ultrasound and laser and your okay. um uh, yeah, your shockwave therapies and um, that sort of thing. But uh, more of recent years, um, uh, recent evidence has shown now that the biopsychosocial model approach is much more fitting to rehab the likes of her or um, a specific nun. Uh, so what does that look like in practice then? Basically, it's a lot of um, chatting to our patients, getting a good um, a whole picture of what's going on in their life because mm-hmm. we're trying to figure out what's driving their pain. And it's, um, you know, maybe 20 years ago it was, right, we'll just get you exercising and you're just not moving enough. It's just exercise and potentially diet. But the truth is, it's actually... It's actually, you know, like I said a while ago, um, health and wellness is multifactorial. So we need to be looking at the amount of sleep somebody is getting. Is it optimal? Mm -hmm. Is it seven to eight hours? Are they highly stressed? What is their diet like? So you're looking at the whole picture with an individual Mm -hmm. and that can really put the piece of the puzzle together for you. I think we kind of forget that injuries can, you know, manifest in different ways and can come, come, you know, five, ten years down the line yes. and trying to go back, you know, there's the, the phrase, you know, the body keeps the score. And we, we, I think that doing that detailed conversation must be so helpful for people. Because I'm sure a lot of people find it actually 
almost like therapy to go, do you know what, this has been going on and my sleep's terrible and I think it's because of this. Yes. And then you can start, as you say, to, to kind of put those pieces together. Um, yeah, and as uh, you know, in the definition of insanity is doing the exact same thing every day and expecting change. Mm-hmm. So as a physiotherapist, when we're chatting to our patients, we really identify the patterns going on in people's life and um, depending on their age as well. So I'm in my 30s now, but as you get into your 30s, yes, you do get normal age-related changes within the spine. And that's normal. It's uh, that, that's uh, it's, it's where uh, down on paper sometimes with MRI results, it can be described as... Uh, degenerative disc disease disease or wear and tear and that's quite damaging words so p- patients often negative. pick that up as a very negative thing and it really it's just normal age related changes so when we, we speak to patients we really have to give them really good solid advice and reassurance mm-hmm. that um, look um, this is uh, your MRI results. Yes, it's true. It's a structural abnormality. However, pain rarely correlates with with the MRI results. And we know that that's been proven from studies done with asymptomatic patients. Yeah, And just because yeah. you're hearing these words doesn't mean that you need to yes. stop exercising because that could be the absolute worst. I want to come back yeah. to the, the word you chose earlier, which was movement. I think that means different things to different people. Yes. For some people, it's, you know, full beast mode at the gym. And for others, yeah. it might be a 50 minute, you know, walk around around the block, both of which are great if that's for you. Um, But in terms of, I guess, your ideal, you know, how much time would you like to see someone exercising and what are some of the optimum exercises or sports or classes, techniques that can really help us prevent lower back pain or indeed warded off for as long as possible? Yes, so generically the World Health Organisation recommends that we exercise three times a week for 30 to 45 minutes a day. However, I believe we can truly get a little bit more in than that. Um, let's just take, for example, your office-based worker who uh, has small kids, so oh, when they me. come home, they... It's me. Yeah, okay. and, talk, you're, talk, and you're saying, look, I don't have the time. Time yeah. is, is a I'm barrier. and I'm exhausted. <laughs> yeah, so we would come up with solutions. So whether it is... 20 minutes in the morning if you put your alarm at 20 minutes earlier I have to do the morning yeah. because then I haven't if, if I don't I've got yeah. all day to justify not exercising yes and then making a, a, a fine point that we need to break up these sedentary bouts of behaviour throughout the day mm-hmm. so that means getting up every half an hour hour just to go to the toilet or to get some water just standing up breaking that sedentary bout has actually proven to reduce the risk of cardiovascular disease and it has um, several other health benefits as well people aren't aware of of this they believe that they can sit for four or five hours at a time go to the gym later and do a, a workout it does it's not the same mm-hmm. you actually need to break up the the break up the sedentary bouts throughout the day for the health benefits and this is something that a lot of people actually aren't aware of and it's very easily done um even if you're in an office based environment because nobody's going to stop you from going to the toilet or stand, standing not. up to take a phone call <laughs> yes exactly and it can make all the difference in the world that's really empowering so, just to think about about that that counting I guess yeah. it's yeah. not about necessarily getting into the car driving for half an hour doing an hour's class and driving home because yeah. that can feel insurmountable and unrealistic to an awful lot of people but these little things do add up yes and we, you know globally it's st- statistics have shown that 90% of people are going to experience some form of back pain at least once throughout their life oh no doubt and, yes and that's not really surprising to me and hopefully not surprising to the rest of the, the world 
because we are designed to, to move. Mm-hmm. And if we don't move, what happens? We decondition or we seize up, our muscles get tight, they get weak. So just having that awareness and and um, you know we can all do something about it. Joe, uh, what about stretching? Lastly, how do you feel about that? And any any general stretches yeah. that can be useful? And I'm not talking about for rehabbing. I'm just talking yeah. about general spine health for for everyone who's perhaps not in pain and, and wants to stay that way. Okay. Well, I'm a I'm a big um, believer, and I'm very passionate about flexibility training. I do a lot of it myself. Um, uh, the 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 volume of stretching that you do and um, uh, the the times that you do it for is all very um, individual. What the the person's goals are because it's going to be different, isn't it, for your athletic population in comparison to a sedentary person? Um, but I would recommend 100% at least getting um, five to ten minutes of stretching in the morning if you do feel that you have a particularly stiff back um, or lower limbs or or, or neck. And for the spine, you can do very easy stretches. We, we have something called a cat and the cow where on your all fours. So you're on your hands and your knees and you're just arching up like a scared cat. And then the opposite to that movement then would be dropping, dropping. the back. It would be like the, the cow. And there's there is several other, there's loads of stretches that we can do. That is just a very s- simple way of, disc- especially because we're nobody can see us here. Um, we're talking <laughs> on a podcast, but yeah, there's there's a lot of things you can do and you can do that in the morning or throughout the day by standing up and extending your back and moving around no one is ever going to look at you and say are you you daft what are you doing over unless there? you're in the middle it's of your office it's a very natural <laughs> movement yes and quite often you'll see people stand up and extend their back a few times and that is actually very um, therapeutic because you people don't really know what's happening happening at a cellular level mm. but the, the repetitive extensions and standing does help to ease and alleviate pain and we often do this automatically you know five or six repetitions of just extending the back moving the back forwards and backwards um, it alleviates their pain and the stiffness so in general like we say just movement any movement is you know motion is lotion anything <laughs> is better than nothing and um, that's our news resolution sorted Joe. yes it's easy it's very easy for me to talk about movement and exercise because I'm passionate about it and I've always been quite sporty and uh, keep myself as fit as can be uh, w- with the hopes that you know I, ca- I can stay as young for and have some longevity and but, yes, I, but I think I think the um, kind of my big takeaway is that you know everything is quite achievable in in small ways. But I think getting the right help, the right support, doing things to begin with where you're supervised, and I think also you don't necessarily need to be in pain to go and see a physio. It might just be a case of going and saying, "I want a little check. I'm feeling a little bit misaligned. I want to be working on X, Y, Z, and, and can you help me with that?" Because prevention is always going to be better than cure. Exactly. Prevention is always better than cure and I think it is just bringing that awareness to the general population that they don't need to be necessarily sporty or playing a sport Mm -hmm. but to have that awareness to get up and get some steps in throughout the day. but it's definitely worthwhile saying that in terms of rehabbing uh, back pain or uh, non-specific mechanical back pain, the, the the three golden nuggets are my three go-tos. Uh, this is generic, generically speaking now would be the, um, 
number one, some form of resistance training, which means strengthening the body some way or another. You don't have to be in a gym environment and not just your core, your whole body, working that kinetic chain. And the kinetic chain is the different segments of the body working together to execute a task. So um, getting some form of a resistance training in a day, some people do that. You know, the hit classes or body pump, they're fantastic because they're short. You can do them for 30 minutes and that is raising the heart rate and um, that is a very good form of exercise for people who are keen in that uh, type of thing. The second one would be uh, reducing the sedentary behaviour. And um, and the third one then would be tr- reducing stress, keeping stress at bay if at all possible. John, thank you so, so much. So, yes. A lot to think about. And I think, you know, we all have got that within our means. And for 100%. some people... It's very achievable it to integrate it into your daily routine. And at the end of the day, we are creatures of habit. So when, uh, once you start integrating something into your day, it becomes a habit over several Build weeks. Build it in. Yes, and it's very achievable. And this is what we help, try to help people do and get them on their road to recovery and and hopefully we won't see them again you know I know it sounds terrible but <laughs> no, when you're working true. in your healthcare yeah you don't want to continuously see the same Absol- faces absolutely well thank yes. you so much for your time today thank you for having motion me motion is lotion uh, that's exactly. going to be my big takeaway from today's episode yes. Jürgen from uh, Up and Running have a wonderful wonderful uh, weekend ahead and indeed happy holidays to thank you. you and Merry Christmas Happy New Year to you it's been great having you with us here on Eye on Health on Dubai Eye 103.8 brought to you by Arab Health and MedLab Middle East make sure you join us again next week. We're going to be taking a special look at women's health with more experts from the world of healthcare. You're listening to Eye on Health on Dubai Eye 103.8, delving into your overall well-being. With Arab Health, where the world of healthcare meets.